Coming up on Supernatural Confessions. As he walked into the toilet, the entire ceiling of the toilet suddenly fell down, with a panel just scraping the tip of his nose. Player. Supernatural Confessions. Hello, and welcome to Supernatural Confessions, our weekly podcast where we feature and discuss all things supernatural, especially here in Singapore and Southeast Asia. We cover the myths, the urban legends, the superstitions, and most importantly, your personal encounters with the paranormal. I'm your host, Timo, inviting you to share your stories with us on our Facebook page or on our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. This episode features clips from our live show, which I host of Supernatural Confessions founder, Eugene Tay, streaming Friday nights at 10 on FB Live. Also joining us is veteran paranormal investigator E.T., whose critical approach and attention to detail have given him a keen eye and the insight to make rational deductions and find scientific explanations to most paranormal cases. To catch it in full, search for Supernatural Confessions and like us on Facebook. And now, on to the show. Supernatural Confessions. Before we head into our confessions, let's start with a quick check on what's been making headlines recently. This week in this week in this week in this week in paranormal. So this particular story actually intrigued me and I think it was only published like yesterday or something like that. So basically this lady's mum bought this doll carriage as a Christmas present for this lady's daughter. So basically the grandma, lah, okay? So she got it from someone. She didn't buy it, actually. She just got it, inherited it from someone. This was Christmas. <clears throat> then things started happening from January. They would hear knockings. It was so loud that, that sometimes they even think that someone at the door, they actually open the door and there's no one there. Taking into account, this is not HDB, yeah? So the sound probably, uh, it's a bit tougher to travel from unit to unit because they still lend the property. <clears throat> and then after some time, right, the, the, the sound actually got louder and louder, like it was some booming noise coming from the attic. So they thought it was an intruder. The husband, she went out with a shotgun and then light and everything, but they couldn't find anything. Another day, she suddenly heard a crash. The crash was so loud, right? She thought her dog somehow jumped through the window and smashed through the window. But when she went to the kitchen, she realized that this bag that her coffee mugs have, have, were, were in, right, were thrown onto the floor and all smashed. And it happened, I think the next day as well, another set of mugs were smashed. Then as she was leaving the kitchen, she actually heard forks and spoon being thrown into the sink. You know, that, that, that clanking sound? She went over to the sink, it was empty, and it was obviously empty because she said she just did the dishes. Then the following week, things started happening to her kids the dream catcher, the lamp from the daughter's room, slamming, uh, they, they were dropping on the floor many times, they were slamming off doors. And then the interesting thing that happens to us sometimes, the kids' toys would suddenly play music, right, even though the toy was switched off. Okay, to me, I have an explanation for that, lah. obviously, that the toy, the toy malfunctioned, but this was too many occurrences at one go. And then the next thing happened, 
two of the family members actually saw figures of their own family. So one saw the dad, one saw the kid. Um, but when they went to verify the person was actually deep asleep or the person was already out. So what was the figure they saw? Then they realized and they sat down thinking how did all these things happen in, in you know the past few weeks? Then they realized could it be the doll carriage? So they took this doll carriage and put it into the garage. All the hauntings stopped. They eventually found out, right, that the grandma got this doll carriage from this friend whose husband actually died just a year ago in an accident. Now, what's interesting is this. Maybe Tay is interested in this last, last part I'm going to share. This toy is now on sale on Facebook Marketplace for 65 bucks. Or you can get a replica on AliExpress. Just ask ET to, ah. to put the order in. So what I think of this is this really sounds like a very extensive, interesting uh, haunting. Uh, it sounds very typical of, of uh, what we call uh, a residual haunting where, where, where someone not stays in this area, but this time it stays in, in, in a thing, which is this toy. Um, and then the hauntings came about although it didn't really harm them but I wonder what it was trying to tell them maybe it's trying to ask for help maybe it's trying to ask, tell them what happened how he died in an accident I really don't know uh, but then again this is just a story um, there was really no verification and stuff like that um, but sorry I didn't have time to actually check whether this thing was really on sale on Facebook or not uh, but it'd be interesting to know it'd be also it'd be interesting to know if some paranormal groups would go to this by the way is in Mississippi in the US if a paranormal group could actually go down to investigate and see how, how the gadgets uh, are affected by this entire haunting uh, I'm going to throw up a couple of possibilities okay now the first thing I started googling when you were talking about you know how stuff was moving things were dropping stuff like that doors were opening I was curious as to whether whether there's any volcanic activity where they are whether they are tremors okay because sometimes if they are tremors you know that can cause things to move on their own you know uh, things to drop you know when they wouldn't before and what i found is that over at mississippi there have been earthquakes there before 2.8 earthquake on the 23rd of january so actually recently, could maybe some of the movement that was experienced there be due to these tremors? When they mentioned toys coming on by themselves, electronic toys, are they those special sensor type toys? No, no, but toys going on is common. I mean, like my kids have toys that my, my helper gets freaked out about. But it's just toys, they're made in China and you know, not everything's functioning properly. Sometimes it's the battery leak or what, it goes haywire. So that's quite common. So where, where as well did they did they actually live? You know, and I'm just gonna pull a page right out of ET's book right now. Did they live somewhere, you know, next to a power station, next to a satellite station? Could there be a very strong emittance of EMF in the area where they are. In the article, interestingly, in the article, she did also say, if I'm not wrong, that this house was pretty old as well. Okay. What does that What does that so, mean? So sometimes, you know, you have power surges and stuff like that. So it, 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 there's a possibility that could be EMF fluctuations. Okay. So just to, to, to cover some of the points that team brought up, right? Um, we talk about earthquakes in, in Mississippi. This family has been living there for years, right? So if it was an earthquake, do you not think that they would probably know what the signs are? And whether this Christmas toy came in or not, they would have had past experiences where things already moved, right? Had they been living there for years, E.T.? Oh, wait, sorry. Which they have recently moved into, yeah. Recently? Mm. Okay. So, yeah. okay. So maybe they are oh. unfamiliar with the whole earthquake situation there. But also when they moved the, the, the item into the storage, all the haunting stopped. 
So if it was well, tremors don't last forever. That's true. But it, a bit coincidence, isn't it? Like you know, the the movement and all the uh, haunting just stop just when the, the car just moved away. Um, and we talk about the toys turning on by themselves. So if we talk about an isolated incident, just one toy falling off, yeah, maybe it's a tremor. But with all the phenomenon that's happening in the house, it's a bit hard to just pin on EMF or just pin, a bit hard to pin on one um, natural occurrence. So when, usually when we do a paranormal investigation, uh, we ask ourselves these questions as well. Like, how often did this phenomenon happen? If it's once or twice, quite honestly, uh, I think ET also, myself, if we are down in that house and we ask this kind of questions, we cannot really verify whether it is or it's not. But when such uh, phenomena is happening over and over and over again and the offensive item is just moved away because don't forget, when the item is given to them, it started, when the item is moved away, it stopped. Well, yeah, maybe with all the other reasons that you just pointed out, it could be, but somehow it seems too much of a coincidence for that to happen already. Supernatural. And now on to our first confession. Submitted by Alex, this story is read out by Johan Lee. This encounter occurred as I was returning home from work with my parents. We took the bus that stopped at the main street and would have to alight to take another bus that would drop us off closer to our block. There was about three bus stops away and we decided to walk back instead of waiting for the bus. It seems like a short walk if you are driving, but not when you're walking. After a freaking long day at work, I was so exhausted and lagging behind my parents who were ahead and had crossed the street before me. As I was walking towards the pedestrian crossing, I looked up and saw a Malay lady dressed in white wearing a tudong. It all happened in a flash and she was gone when I looked again. It felt odd and I wondered where she went. I looked around and she was nowhere to be seen. After I crossed the street and caught up with my parents, I asked them if they saw the lady at the crossing. They said no, they didn't. And my mom, being superstitious, threw me a look and we headed back home. That wasn't the end of it. I began having this nightmare of a dark shadow floating above me on my ceiling, trying to suffocate me and I couldn't breathe or scream. This followed by a figure in black who appeared wearing a theatrical mask and was inching closer and closer to my face. I just wanted to scream, but I couldn't. When I finally let out a scream, I woke up and my parents ran over to my room to check on me. I told them about my nightmare. The next day, my dad called my uncle who has contacts with spiritual assistance. We call upon this particular Shifu when anyone in the family encounters such paranormal issues. Upon consulting him regarding the situation, he mentioned that the ghost I met was a good ghost and advised us to buy a packet of halal food as offerings along with some prayers at our void deck. We were also given a talisman and were instructed to burn it and brush it along the walls of my room. Strangely, the nightmare stopped after following the Shifu's instructions and I didn't see the hantu again. The only thing that doesn't make sense is that if it were truly a good ghost, why was I being hunted in this nightmare? And the ghost I saw was dressed in white, but the hantu in my nightmare was all in black. On another note, I used to stay right in front of Sungai Api Api, 
where I had two brief odd encounters. There was one night, I felt someone sitting on my bed, but there was no one in my room. And this other time, when I was pulling another all-nighter, my stereo system began playing two different radio stations at the same time in the middle of the night. Uh, I'm going to be passing it to the boys to break it down, dissect this uh, encounter and tell us what they think. The only thing I, w- I do want to make mention of before I pass it to them, obviously, would be the, the stereo system playing two different radio stations at the same time in the middle of the night. Now, I'm going to just assume that it was not like digital radio. It was actually one of those FM receiver radios, right? Is it possible for you know a station or radio to play two different radio stations? It is if your stations are very close in frequency. So for instance, if you have a a 90.5 and a 91.3, you know, it is possible sometimes where you kind of get a, because even when you you adjust, right, sometimes you will hear a bit of this cross line. But, you know, if it's like a 90.5 and a 98.7, then that is a little bit difficult and I would be very very confused as well if I heard that happening so uh, Alex if you're listening please tell us what were the two stations that you actually heard and did it come on by itself was it already on was your radio already on or did your stereo just you know switch on by itself and start playing two completely different radio stations Um, Eugene what do you what do you have to say about Alex Okay, so Alex's encounter, to me, this one, I don't have a very, very clear answer. What he has experienced in his nightmares and sleep, that doesn't sound to me like a good ghost at all. Uh, Good ghost and um, divine entity, um, or even uh, some form of uh, ancestral entity do not come in that form. Not that I have heard of or know of. Uh, But yet, the spiritual master says it is a good ghost, buy a halal, uh, buy halal food for offering, get some talisman and, you know, bless the house and surprisingly, it's gone. Again, coincidence, placebo, I don't know. But when I hear such stories, to me, this doesn't come across as a good ghost um, based on my personal opinion but again I'm no spiritual master if the spiritual master says good goes then maybe it is but somehow the details kind of you know doesn't doesn't all link up together so I don't have much comment on that sorry so just to interrupt you there and and I apologize for my ignorance on this I thought in you know in the in the Muslim faith there is no good or bad ghost they're all jinns but this one that uh, the spiritual master that it goes to was not a Muslim uh, iman or uh, ustad Yes, but when it came to buying an offering, it was a halal offering, right? Yeah. So apparently the, the, the spiritual master, leaning towards probably the Taoist side or Chinese side, Buddhist side, uh, advised him to use halal food. So that part again, I don't know. Did he detect a good, a good Muslim ghost? Uh, but then again, you've talked about, uh, you just asked questions just now about good and bad. In a Muslim uh, belief, there's only jinns, right? Jinns and human and jinns. There is good jinns and bad jinns as well. Even if it's a good jinn, and it will not be appearing in your nightmare, scaring you on your ceiling, wearing black with a theatrical mask. So, so that part again, that part again, I don't quite get it. Um, but he mentioned so api, sungai api api, right? Sungai api api is where is near my hood. And sungai api api is a legendary longkang that leads from Pasiris Estate flows out through Pasiris Park into the sea. And Api Api, since the time I was in secondary school, people have mentioned as Pontianak sightings. In fact, in some of the other uh, confessions that 
made it to Supernatural Confessions in season 1 Sungai Api Api came up uh, so are we looking at uh, Alex house being haunted because it's facing the drain is Alex house haunted for other reasons again this this all this seems to very single isolated cases that doesn't seem to connect the dots for me this story uh, sounds I mean I know you guys are going to roll your eyes but it really sounds to me like typical sleep paralysis uh, because he saw dark shadows so when he saw dark shadows right he couldn't scream this is very uh, common in sleep paralysis uh, it's also quite common when someone has sleep paralysis to have that suffocating uh, sensation okay however this story is interesting because there was this white lady he saw um, I would like to think maybe it's not related to the sleep paralysis because everyone thinks it's related but I don't think it's related uh, maybe it was some sort of guardian angel because he saw it when they were crossing the road and the shifu did say there was a good spirit so maybe somehow with that appearance it kind of distracted him and maybe it saved him somehow from crossing the road so it might have been a guardian angel um Thus, the shifu actually asked for halal food to be offered and maybe that was in some way to give thanks. Yeah, the awesome nasi padang, right? To thank for maybe saving his life. Because to me, I don't think the sleep paralysis issue and the white lady was related. Um, yeah, that, that, that's my take on that. And I think Tim already has said um, about that two radio stations uh, cross of frequencies. I think that has happened before because I've heard it before. So I know it definitely can happen. So I think there's nothing to be alarmed with that. Um, like they said earlier, Sungai Api Api is an interesting place. Okay, I in fact I why I like that place. Uh, because I used to fish at Pasiris Pond, which is just at Tay's house. But that's not the only reason. The other thing is, it lies within Pasiris. And if you guys know or don't know where we used to conduct tours, um, <laughs> these are the areas that are actually our haunted checkpoints. So, interesting point to note. You are not alone. Supernatural Confessions. In this season of Supernatural Confessions, we're also looking at examining some of the superstitions and old wives' tales passed down through the generations. If you've heard some of your own, share them with us at supernaturalconfessions.com and perhaps we can feature them in. My grandma. My grandma. Grandma always tells me. My grandma always tells me. Always tells me. My grandma always tells me. This one comes from Joel. Hey guys. So I've got two superstitions that I'd like to share. The first one's pretty commonly known amongst the Chinese, at least I think. I'm not too sure about the other races though. Whenever you are required to uh, refer some someone else to say like an object or structure that's sacred or basically anything that due respect needs to be given, you are not supposed to point with your index or middle finger. I mean, middle finger is quite obviously rude, but I, I don't know why index finger doesn't work. So the second superstition, um, personally, I think it's a little bit creepy. Let's just say, unfortunately, you have to attend, say, a Chinese funeral, and the departed person happens to be someone young. I'm sure, like, sometimes you just think that it's such a shame out of sympathy that, like, oh, such a pity that a person passed away so young, still looks so good, you know, that sort of stuff. 
you're not supposed to have that thought. So the reason behind it, according to what I've been told, is that um, especially if the person is still a single person, like not married, without a family, and let's just say I attend a funeral and I'm single, that the spirit might sense this thought and then basically misunderstand and just cling on to me. Yeah, and you know what's the worst? You know, you pee in bushes. We've been told to like, say excuse me, right? But from what I've been taught, like, actually you don't even need to speak it out loud in terms of like apologizing. So unfortunately, it works the same as this superstition that I've shared. Honestly, I think that's pretty creepy because even though it's not out of lust, more so like of sympathy, I can't imagine if the spirit follows me back. And I mean, for what it's worth, I've also been told for Chinese, um, we have ghost marriages, right? If that happens, you're basically supposed to play out the whole ritual with that departed. If it clings on to you, lah. Does anybody know anything about this? Do do share, man. Okay, for me, um, whether you point with whatever finger, right? Um, I think it's just form of respect. Um, in past generations, not maybe not our generations, but generations of the past, um, many times they actually use fear, the fear of supernatural and gods, to actually discipline their kids, uh, to control them. Okay, um, so it usually happens when parents run out of ideas. Like I realized, because I, I used to give my parents a lot of stress because I always like to see people at the brink of stress. They want to test what's the limit that they have. So I realized after some time, right, when my parents can't answer me and then they start coming out with this supernatural stuff, then they fail to realize that since young, I've been reading all about paranormal. So I always argue back with the scientific explanation for stuff. So in the past, right, that's how they always have been using fear, right, as one of the best ways to control uh, their, 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 their kids. So with here, you're not supposed to point. It's just something of teaching them how to respect not just to, to teach them hey you got to respect the gods but in a way they're trying to say hey you got to respect the elders as well because you know sometimes kids are rebellious so they have to use this kind of things right as a way of control so which is why I didn't think this is very relevant that, that falls under old wives tales uh, um, then, then something that, that it, it's true lah why you can't point your finger, I really don't know, but it's a superstition and that's something that has been taught to us and sometimes that kind of fear is ingrained in our mind and we don't do it. Like, don't point at the moon because you'll get cut off. But now that you brought it up, bro, so my parents say don't point at a crescent moon. Not, not any other moon, but a crescent moon specifically. Out of 20 times I pointed, right, I would at least have five to eight times I get a cut at the back of my ear for some reason. I, I swear, I don't know why. I, I just want to ask a question. Aside from, have you ever gotten that cut when you didn't point at the moon? No, honestly, no. So the only time you ever got cut behind the ear was when you pointed at the moon. And and specifically was crescent moon, I remember, because I tried pointing at the moon at different phases. Vincent Quack also says I got a cut before too after pointing at the moon. Wow. Okay, so let's move on to the second part where he talks about the if you go to a funeral and you see the deceased is maybe young or looks good, don't even think about, oh, what a shame that this, uh, the departed, you know, passed away while still looking attractive at such a young age because you run the risk of having the spirit of the deceased cling on to you or get the wrong idea and follow you home. Again, this, this really, this superstition um, 
points back to certain beliefs that I have as well where when you think of something that thought and that intention manifests itself and connects with the spiritual world remember that's what we talked about every time where you don't have to voice it out you think about that and then that, that intention and thought uh, is get sent off to the universe or to the spirit world now in this case where you look at the disease and you say hey it's very cute you are then sending that wave and that intention to the spirit world and if that spirit is there and if it fences you too, it might just follow you back. That's true. Yeah, we've heard that many times. But how scary is that? You know what I mean? Because, you know, you can control what comes out of your mouth, but how often can you control your thoughts, right? And in a situation like this, sometimes in the blink of an eye, you couldn't control your thoughts. You just thought that, and then boom, you find yourself in a with a hantu on your back. Supernatural Confessions Our next confession reaches us from across the causeway. Sandra's story will be narrated by radio DJ Charmaine Poir. Hi guys, I'm Sandra from Malaysia. My mom passed away about 10 years ago. For her funeral, we got her a Taoist monk for the prayers. On the 49th day, the Taoist master told us that her spirits would come visit at home between 10.30pm to 11.45pm. He told us to prepare a bowl of rice, meat and veg, things which she liked, put it in the wok and cover the lid. He said if we wish to know whether she really came, we need to make the rice in a bowl shaped like a dome and make the surface smooth, arrange the food in the wok properly and snap a photo. He said if she wants you to know that she came, she will give a sign. My dad was really excited and he prepared as told. I was really anxious when it was nearly 10.30pm. At 10.15pm, my dad, my brother and I quickly turned off all the lights and went back to our respective bedrooms and waited. We planned to go look after 11.45pm. Shortly after 10.30pm, I could hear my neighbour's dogs barking. By the way, I lived in a landed property. After a while, the dogs stopped barking. At 11.50pm, my dad came out of his room and we all went down to the kitchen. He took off the wok lid and inspected the food. The soup spoon had shifted from its position. There was a dent on the surface of the rice. The shape matched the shape of the soup spoon. We were happy that she came. Another story is from my friend Ina. She's a Muslim. Her mother-in-law lived in an apartment. There are no tenants living above, below and around her unit. There used to be a family living above her unit, but they had moved out more than eight months ago. Her mother-in-law could always hear a knocking sound, as if someone is hammering on the wall from the upper unit. It annoyed her until she called up the landlord to make a complaint. But the landlord confirmed that no one is renting his apartment at the moment. When my friend went to visit her mother-in-law, sometimes she could also hear the knocking sound. Then once, while she and her sister-in-law and the kids were spending a few nights at the house, they heard a man reciting the Quran. She was sure that it was not from a nearby mosque and it was not prayer time. Could it be a hantu? Or could it be her father-in-law's spirit in the house? 
Serious confession, this to me is another textbook poltergeist activity. Um, I think like what Nagesh said, this one reminds him so much of William's Kwantan's case. But I think William's Kwantan case is more demonic in nature. Uh, except for this one, it seems almost pol- poltergeist. The sound is moving, there's, there's the actual indent in the rise. But nothing, nothing like what William has experienced. And... I'm not sure about the the, the the situation right now, but it didn't seem to be attacking the confessor at all. Yeah, so my take, it was just a wandering entity in the, in the place that is trying to make contact with her. Yeah, I just want to share with this story. Uh, when my mom passed, I bought her favourite Tao Suan, but I didn't see anything when she left it there. Uh, maybe you really need to solid food to, to, to see it because one of my friends that actually came back and there was handprint in the bread that they left overnight. Handprint in the bread? Yeah. Uh, there were a few things. Handprint in the bread, then there were his his shoe mark in the carpet. So there were a few things that, that seemed really, and he took photos to show me that usually, and then he asked me and then, I don't know if he's listening in. I mean, as much as I want to comfort him, but sometimes these kind of things we, we don't really know, but it, it you tend to want to believe. Um, and so I just left it as that. Um, so I always wonder, uh, why do we want to see the evidence of our loved ones coming back? Right? I always thought, I always pondered, pondered on this. Uh, the only word is comfort. But sadly, if we saw no evidence, right? we will be disappointed. Lah. But then again, my question to, to, to everyone here is, how do we verify it is the deceased and not something or someone else? Uh, we really don't know, right? Maybe it was a nice guardian angel trying to comfort us. Because um, I think I, I shared about this, I think probably a few episodes back as well on, on this about people coming back. I mean, the, the, the entities, uh, sorry, the deceased coming back. Okay, um, again, about the knocking. Uh, you know, they, they heard knocking and stuff. Uh, in the last episode, we have established that sound can can sound like it's coming from directly above you. But in actual fact, it can come from somewhere else. Okay, this was verified by Tim and also my wife last week. Because she was saying, wow, this Renault damn chala coming from upstairs. I said, there's no Renault coming from upstairs. In actual fact, the Renault was two stories up and from a different stack. But it, but because we know how sound travels through solids in the past few episodes, we discussed about this. Um, that's how this can really occur, lah. But does all sound knocking sound means is a sound from other place? You know, could there not be a possibility that the ghost did? Obviously, there can be a possibility. Um, but I'm just saying that um, an alternative view is that because they heard the knocking sound from above with no one staying, so obviously there's no sound. Right, and, and the mom-in-law and her, herself heard this, so you know it, it can probably come from another unit, so they don't have to be so scared, you know, of it. Um, but then the soup spoon shifted dent in the rice. Um, what I'm trying to say is maybe the disease came back, but but I just want to open everyone's mind and ask this question: How do you know it's the disease? It could be a guardian angel just trying to comfort us because, like I said, all we want is that comfort. So whatever it is, sometimes we just want to believe what it is because it is very, very emotional when you lose someone you really, really love. But actually, there's, there's even a scarier alternative to that um, because, you know, you, I think you brought up a very key point just now. 
when we our our loved one passed away, we want to see evidence. But at the same time, seeing the evidence does that mean that our loved one has not crossed over to the other side? You know, have they not ascended to heaven, or have they not, you know, gone to a better place? Why are they still here? touching human food when they cannot no longer touch it and today we talk about uh, you know some of the the different belief system uh, in the Muslim belief system when the deceased pass away they pass away and whatever that appears in front of you trying to give you comfort in your time of weakness is actually the jinn or a wandering spirit who's taking up taking on your offering and pretending to be a loved one or you're not even pretending because you as the living want to believe that whatever is happening in front of you is actually the act of your loved one but it's actually could be something else I just want to touch on, on a point you guys brought up about how you know sometimes we we want to see signs you know we put our rice out we put powder on the floor because it's supposed to bring us comfort or that's the comfort that we're looking for to know that our relatives are still around my question is would that really make you feel better to see some form of sign, you know? Or would it make moving on more difficult? Because I compare it to say, you know, a relationship, you know what I mean? Sometimes when you when you break up with someone, you still crave that person's company, you know what I mean? You still want to see them. But the more you see them, the harder it is for you to actually let them go after that. Uh, now that you mentioned about this, uh, being unable to let go and will it be easier to, to help the, the living move on? There's this old lady whose uh, husband died long ago but she was not able to uh, let him move on and he kept, she kept his photographs, his clothes in the room, put it on a chair as if it was still in the seven days, uh, you know, the, the kind of arrangement. So I remember the story very well because it was kind of freaky. To her, she says her husband visits her every night. She could smell the scent of her husband. She would feel that her bed has a depression and she would constantly cling to the fact that uh, to her belief that her husband in spirit form is still around of course the children felt she was she has gone all crazy uh, but yeah so if to answer your question Tim if you see this physical manifestation of what you think is your spiritual partner I don't think it's making it easier to move on in fact it holds you back okay well I guess different strokes for different folks so I guess it's it really comes down to how each of us deal with loss all right and I think we can all agree with that supernatural confessions don't look behind you the big book the big book the big the big book of scary, scary stuff. The big book of scary stuff. <laughs> and here's where we take a moment to feature some of history's creepiest creatures, mythical monsters, and all-round scary legends. Today we fly all the way down to Indonesia, and in Indonesia, especially in the Javanese Sudanese side, uh, they have something called the. Jenglok. The Jenglok or Jenglocked, Jenglot, also pronounce it as Jenglok sometimes, uh, originated from Indonesia as I said, but it's only in 1997 that it was discovered uh, and then started to spread out on mainstream news. What the Jenglot is in terms of its origin is they believe that this was actually a very powerful hermit or a spiritual practitioner who uh, would some of the legends say that he went into a special cave and he wanted to uh, contain his special power even after death and he turns into a 
in this creature Jang Lot because the earth would reject his body he couldn't decompose and he shriveled up into this size um, over, over time people will use this particular creature to do supernatural works um, mainly these days is used for wealth people would buy this to get rich uh, also for nefarious reason like to buy it and take revenge cause harm on people that you don't like uh, the Jang Lok, if you want to find out more information, you can always go to supernaturalconfessions.com where I just have posted up uh, a full article on what a Jang Lok does. The other thing about this Jang Lok, which is very interesting, is they also tested the hair of the Jang Lok. And apparently, according to this journal, what journal was it called? Uh, study Malaysian Journal of Medical Science in 2009. They found that the hair on the Jenglot is actually human in nature and the DNA specimen is nothing like any of the other animals that uh, is available out there. So if you think it's a creature or animal, no, it's not. It's pretty much human DNA. There's also, interestingly, movies on Jenglot. And one other interesting fact about Jenglot is it's almost like a toil. You feed it with blood. And some people say that if you bathe it in blood, it can even move and animate itself. Some people... Does it have to be human blood or, or can it just be animal blood, any sort of blood? Animal bloods, but depending on how powerful you are to, to empower it. Uh, of course, human sacrifices are still the best. But what's also interesting is if you want to find yourself a Jenglot because you want to use it to gain wealth and power, you can also buy it on eBay. Supernatural Confessions. Our final confession comes from Lester, who takes us back to his time as a student with yet another reminder of how we should always be careful when speaking about the unseen. Breathing life into a story is radio DJ Simon Lim. This is a story recounted to me by my old teacher. The first school my teacher was posted to was an old, very dilapidated school. The school used to be a Japanese communications building during the Japanese occupation of Singapore in World War II. A new teacher had been posted to the school. This new teacher was a skeptic and chose not to believe in the supernatural. He also never heeded any warnings provided by my teacher and her more senior colleagues. He liked to openly criticize the supposed ghosts in the school, even going as far as to challenge them to make themselves known. One time, when they were preparing for the annual Children's Day celebration, one of the bigger props went missing. It was getting late, so all the students and most of the school staff had left already. The remaining few teachers consisted of my teacher, the new teacher, and four other teachers. Together, they had to search for the missing prop. If not, the event couldn't proceed as planned. They decided to split up into groups of two and search the hall where they were situated. They couldn't find the prop, no matter how hard they looked. It was only until they gave up and decided to return to the staff room to obtain their bags did they find the prop mysteriously placed on the new teacher's table. At this occurrence, the other teachers, including mine, were already understandably spooked. However, the new teacher still was not convinced and continued about his anti-ghost antics. Many months later, this new teacher left his class to head to the toilet as he walked into the toilet, the entire ceiling of the toilet suddenly fell down with a panel just scraping the tip of his nose. He was damn lucky to have gotten out of it alive. 
Ever since then, he started to heed the warnings of the other teachers and started believing in the supernatural. When I hear stuff like haunting in schools, we all know schools, army camps, hospitals, these are hotbeds for entities to hang around. It's one thing to disbelieve the hantus and not interfere with them. It's another thing to challenge them altogether. Uh, that is why when we talk about dealing with hantus, you always try to ignore them first or at least be respectful towards them. So things go missing and all that. Things seem to be a common um, occurrences in, in schools, especially after hours. A lot of teachers that I know who works in schools refuse to work late at night because they feel someone's watching them or they can hear noises or they just feel the creeps. Um, so for this particular incident, I do believe that whatever was in that school uh, was a real entity because when they challenged them and bad things happen. Now you can call it coincidence or not, but when things like that happen and you try to challenge spirits, usually the, the spirits tend to fight back and you lose because you can't see them and they can see you. Whether it's really a, a, a really supernatural entity there that is out to harm you or not, my takeaway from this story is why test? Why try it out? So I feel that spirits are real. They are around you. Don't challenge them. Okay, schools has always been a melting pot for hantus. Like we all know that, right? Um in this case, although it seems like the ghost was trying to prove a point, um, that being said, uh, it was already said it was a very old school. So the one thing that, that I like to highlight on was the ceiling. So depending on the material of the ceiling, you know, sometimes the ceilings are made from the, you know, the light foamy material. Over time, it can give way because of moisture and stuff like that. I really do not think that entire concrete ceiling gave way because if it did give way and fall, it will be national news because the BCA will be involved and stuff like that. So in this case, I would think it's probably just a simple case of an old school with worn out parts uh, and the props gone missing. I, I would probably think it's either a mischief of a kid or, you know, maybe someone just pissed off with the teacher, the fellow purposely going to hide, maybe don't want to, because I've been guilty of such things that I don't want something to happen and then you go do something so that it won't happen. Um, you know, there's many, many possibilities. So, but I really don't think that it's a case of the hantu here. And it's really just been a case of being in old school. Do you think someone played a prank on the, on, the, on the teacher? I mean, knowing myself, I wouldn't be surprised that that can happen. And knowing the two of you, I'm quite certain it will happen as well. Hola, <laughs> 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 we're so quiet. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, don't talk nonsense. <laughs> Supernatural Confessions. And that concludes this episode of Supernatural Confessions. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you're listening from. Supernatural Confessions, the podcast, is free to listen to on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever podcasts are played. You can also share our podcast and our content with your friends and help us grow our network of Supernatural fans and enthusiasts. For more information on what we do and where we do it, like us on Facebook and visit SupernaturalConfessions.com. Until our next installment, my name is Tim O, and this is Supernatural Confessions. Supernatural Confessions.